Hey there, this is Pastor Corey, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. Hello, and welcome back to Branch Life Church's series, Summer Playlist. We're glad that you're here. My name is Scott, and I'm one of the pastors at Branch Life, and we're exploring the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is a collection of 150 songs, and kind of in that musical idea and an inspiration. I want to start today with a little bit of musical trivia. I want to share with you five names and to see if you can figure out what these five names have in common as it relates to music. So here's the names. Robert Johnson, John Lee Hooker, Muddy Waters, Buddy Guy, and B.B. King. Now, maybe uh, the last name clued you in to, to maybe the theme of those, those five names. But these five individuals were, were individuals that, that were instrumental in either creating or improvising and innovating on the genre of music known as blues. Blues music. And... I enjoy blues music. I've listened to all of these guys. I'm not an expert, so if you are, I'm sure you could uh, stump me with trivia very quickly. But the thing that I appreciate about blues music is that it gives voice to the heartache and the pains of life. Kind of the name gives it away, right? It's blues. It's the blues. And uh, what blues music does that I think that we can learn from and that we can appreciate is that it admits something that Christians sometimes have a difficult time admitting. Uh, sometimes we, we think that we're not faithful to God if we admit this reality, or that we don't have uh, a, a proper perspective on, on the way things are. And it's this reality that sometimes life stinks. Sometimes life stinks. And when we think about this, we can think about all sorts of different circumstances and difficulties that, that we may face in our life. We've probably all gone through times of disappointment, of disillusion, of pain, and, and for an extended period of time, a season in our life. I know that there's been a few times where, where I've gone through times of difficulty. Uh, the first time that that really this came into be was I was working for a company and they went through a restructuring and I walked into a meeting and, and my boss, who I had a good relationship with, sat me down and said, Scott, uh, despite your individual performance, here's the deal. You can either accept a demotion or you can quit. And I had to, to learn how to process that, what all in the world was, was going on with that. Uh, later on, uh, our family was wrestling with what the next step in life was for us and, and ministry and serving God and, and we were seeking input of others and, and they were directing us and, and giving us counsel and saying the, the opportunity that we were investigating looked like a good one and it seemed like something that we should pursue. And then when we pursued that opportunity, those same advisors uh, cut us off 
and, and ended their relationship with us. And, and we were left wondering, what in the world is going on? And there's a whole lot of things that were going into that season of life for us, but it was a time of difficulty, of pain, of heartache, of broken relationships. You may have gone through a time in your life or may be going through even one right now. And it could be things like the loss of a loved one, maybe unexpectedly. And, and you're dealing with the, the fallout from that. Families can, can be a big source of, of these types of seasons. And, and maybe there's someone in your family that's, that's heading down a wrong path and is making bad decisions and seemingly going in a self-destructive of, of pattern of life. And no matter how much you plead, no matter how much you pray, no matter how much you, you beg, they, they don't seem to be turning from, from their errant ways and your heart is just breaking. Uh, there are diseases that, that come along and, and the big scary words like, like cancer and, and heart attacks and strokes and, and those types of things. There's chronic illnesses and chronic pain that, that people have to deal with and, and just go through day after day after day. And certainly we're still kind of in the middle of this uh, uncertainty and this, this difficulty that's caused by the COVID virus and the pandemic and stay-at-home orders and things loosening up, but maybe not as much as they'd like. And maybe they're going to get more restrictive. And those of us that are parents are wondering, what in the world is school going to look like this next year? And are we going to have to do the online thing all over again? And, and how does that work with our jobs and, and the rest of our life and, and all of that? And it's not just the circumstances. All of these things have, have, have painful and difficult emotions with them. There's extreme grief that comes along. And, and sadness. There's, there's maybe even crying and, and, and sobbing at times because we don't know how to, to process things and we're just overcome with it. There's the weightiness of, of uncertainty and, and not knowing how to fix things. And, and you want things to be better, but it doesn't seem like it's, it's going to be. And then just the the hardship and the, the reality of a long perspective on this, where it hasn't gotten better for a while, it's probably not going to get better tomorrow, maybe even next month it's not going to get better, it could even be years or potentially the rest of your life, and you just are saddled with the, the burden of this. How, how do we process these things? How do we think about them and, and, and what do we do? The book of Psalms actually contains a number of uh, Psalms that are designed specifically to help us process these types of attitudes, these types of, of times and seasons in our life, and they're called lament Psalms. And interestingly, despite kind of the popular Christian music of today, uh, lament psalms are the, the, by far the, the largest category of psalms in, in, the, in that book of the Bible. One out of every three psalms approximately is some type of lament psalm. And, and really, lament is music and, and lament and that can be a remedy to it. But... But unlike blues, where maybe, okay, if we were going to pursue blues music as the fix, we'd all get in a car and go down to the blues clubs and, and, and maybe drink our sorrows away, which I probably 
wouldn't recommend doing that, but but lament is better than the blues. Lament gives us a way to process things that, yes, gives voice to the pain that we're feeling. And yes, allows us to, to communicate some hard and some difficult things and to have kind of that emotional relief. But it also encourages us and helps us to take another step in our faith and to, to uh, work through things in such a way that brings us closer to God and gives us more confidence of his work in our life. And so lament is better than the blues. And we're going to kind of think about that today and think about this idea that lament are the songs that we need when life stinks. Lament are the songs that, that we need when life stinks. Now, for many of us, though, there's a problem, though. This is beginning to maybe hopefully sound at least interesting. But, but we have the problem that, that we don't know the language of lament. We don't know how to sing these songs or to pray these prayers. Maybe we read through the Bible and we read in the book of Psalms and, and we, we see these things and we kind of appreciate them. And they, they do seem to give voice to some of what we're feeling, but we don't really know the structure or, or how they're written and how we could use them to encourage ourselves or maybe to serve others while they're going through difficulty. Many types of music have specific structures. Blues music, for instance, that we've talked about today, has a specific structure, and, and almost all blues songs kind of fall into either a 12-bar blues riff or, or an 8-bar blues riff, and it's a very kind of structured underlying chord structure that then you can improvise and adapt and, and make hundreds and thousands of songs uh, that are unique from. Lament has a similar type of, of structure that when we understand the elements of, that then we can adapt and, and uh, improvise and uh, talk to people specifically about the situations that they're facing and use them in the situations that we're facing in life that are causing heartache and pain. And I want to share this with you and go through this structure and show how a couple of psalms highlight that today. But here's, here's the structure that we're going to be investigating and, and learning about today. There's four elements that are part of a lament structure in the book of Psalms. The first element is turn. And we'll talk about that, turning to God. Then we have complaining. And, and uh, we spend a lot of times teaching our kids not to complain, and that's a good thing. But this is kind of a different and an interesting way of complaining that, that is actually part of the lament process of complaining to God. Then we have asking, and then finally trusting. And we're going to see what each of these kind of looks like and means from a couple of Psalms. Psalms 42 and Psalms 43. Psalm 42 and 43 kind of work together in the book of Psalms. When they, the, the book was compiled from all the different individual songs and that, that were written to be part of this collection, the, the compilers put these songs together. We could kind of even think of Psalm 43 as maybe like the third verse to a song that was added later or after the fact or added by a different, different composer or author. And, and so as we read through this, I want to read through both psalms kind of as one unit. You'll notice a common refrain that shows up multiple times in both of these psalms. And, and then we'll kind of think about how these psalms show us this structure of turning 
complaining, asking, and trusting. So let's read together uh, from Psalm 42 and 43. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God. To God, my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, and I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Let's begin to to think through and and work through this this passage of scripture. And the, the first element that we see that's part of lament is turning to God. And it's making the choice to talk to God when our hearts ache. And this is a really big first step. It's, it's saying, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk with you about this. I'm going to talk with you about my pain and my heartache. And, and sometimes this is a really hard first step step to take. We may feel guilty because we're in in pain and in heartache. We may be questioning uh, kind of where we stand with God. And and there's all sorts of reasons why this might be awkward or uncomfortable. But it's it's an important and a necessary first step. Let's see how uh, the the psalmist does this in Psalm 42 and 43. And and, in verses 1 and 2 of, of Psalm 42, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? 
some of us may be familiar, uh, if we've been around church for a while, with a, with a song that was popularized uh, a while back ago that, that uses this first line as, as the introduction to the song. And it, it goes something like this, it says, As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after you. And it continues on and it talks all about how we want God more than any other thing. And it's a really kind of sweet melody and, and, and all of that. And it's a great song. It maybe has kind of created a little bit, in my mind at least, of a romanticized version of, of what's going on in this, this passage. The picture really is more like, think about a, a deer that, that's been without water for a, for a while and is searching for, for some sort of, of, of uh, sustenance and, and strength and, and not knowing uh, where it's coming, coming from. And, and we could think about, like, you've just finished running a marathon. And so you're, you're hunched over and you're, you're, you're crying out to God and you can't catch your breath and you're bent over. And all you can get out as you're weighted by the, the circumstance of life is just, oh, my God, help, help, I need you. That's the picture of, of these verses. That, that the circumstances of life have, have, have weighed the, the psalmist down or are causing such difficulty that there's nowhere else to turn. Kind of at the end of his rope. And, and really, when we're dealing with heartache and pain and disappointment on, on a scale where it's, it's, it's crippling, we, we get to that point where we're at the end of our rope. And rather than just continuing to fall into despair, lament starts off by saying, okay, we need to turn to God. We need to talk to Him. And if only we can get out those words my God, or many of the laments just start with, oh Lord, that is a great step towards processing things in a much, much healthier and faith encouraging way. Later on in verse six of chapter two, it says, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you. When I'm cast down, when I'm struggling, I say, oh yeah, I need to turn to God. And sometimes difficult circumstances does that. I just want to encourage us that it takes faith to turn to God in the midst of difficult circumstances. It takes faith. It may not be a natural thing. It, it says, I don't know exactly how this is going to work, but I'm going to choose to believe that, that talking to God is a good part of this picture. That's the first element of the structure of lamentations, uh, of, of laments in, in the book of Psalm. The next one is complain, and it's acknowledging the dissonance that's created by brokenness. And this is, is, again, I mentioned earlier, we spend a lot of time teaching our kids to not complain. But what we're talking about when we talk about complaining and lament is we're acknowledging that whatever we're experiencing, whether it's our own doing, whether someone's done it to us, or whether it's just because of the cumulative effect of thousands of years of sin, and so there's disease and famine and COVID and all this stuff, 
uh, whatever the, the cause is, that, that this is not God's perfect ideal. It's not the way things were created, and it's not the way that things will be when Jesus comes back and fixes it, fixes it all at some point in the future. And there's this, this dissonance between what we're experiencing because of the brokenness of sin and what God's ideal is for his creation. And that's why what Josh introduced last week in the, our first part of this series in Psalm 1 is so important of meditating on God's law. We need to know and be familiar and love and, and, and that God's ideal design so that we can recognize when this pain is going on and say, oh yeah, uh, this isn't just a preference. This is because something is broken and it's not the way that God designed it to be. Let's look at, at how the, the psalmist does this. Uh, he says, my tears in verse 3 of chapter 42, my tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? And we go through those times in our life of difficulty where we're just crying all the time. Maybe unexpectedly and it, it's just we don't know what else to do and it's the only way that, that we can process it. Another uh, phrase, and this is that, that refrain that, that showed up multiple times uh, in, in these psalms. Three times it shows up and it says, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? We're defeated. We're at, we're at um, an uneasy state. We're not at rest. Things are, are churning within us and we don't know how to process them. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. Maybe some of you have, have been brave enough to, to go down the shore and, and be in the Atlantic Ocean this year. Maybe some of us are, will be brave enough later on if we can get a handle on what COVID looks like at the shore and, and all of that. But, but at some point you may have been at the ocean and you've, you've been out and maybe the, the waves are a little rougher than they normally all are. Or maybe your attention gets distracted and you're looking inland at something and you forget that there's waves behind you. And, and a wave comes up and crashes on you and it flips you over and turns you over. And you're now being churned under the, the wave and, and you're, you're not sure which way is up and down and, and how to do it. And that's what the psalmist is saying here that life is feeling like. And, and he's saying this to God and he's saying, your breakers, your waves have gone over me. It feels like you're doing to this to me, God, that, that the, all of this is just crashing and churning and, and it, it's, it's not supposed to be like this. And later on says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Sometimes it feels like God has forgotten us. Sometimes it feels like God is far away from us. It's not that that's true, but that's the way that it, it, it feels and that's the way that it seems because of the brokenness that we're experiencing in our life, because of the heartache, because of the pain, because of the, the dullness and the emotions that comes with, with all of that. Complaining, as we think about this and begin to process, it's, it's important to remember that complaining is not being angry with God. Uh, 
In fact, I would say being angry with God is not a good idea. It's, it's sin uh, to be angry with God. Sometimes people say, oh, just, just let it out. Let God have it. He can handle it. It's like anger. I really encourage you, complaining is not that. That's not a good approach to take. However, we can and God invites us to highlight the brokenness of maybe ourselves Maybe the brokenness that's caused by others, that, that people are sinning against us. The Psalm 42 and 43 seems to kind of have that, that slant that people are doing unjust things to the psalmist and it's resulting in, in, in him having difficulty in life. Or maybe it's the, the world around us that's broken and, and COVID is impacting things or, or disease and cancer and heart attacks and, and those types of things of floods, of famine, there's locusts and you know, all these different types of things that, that are going on and, and you hear in the world. And we're highlighting it and we're saying to God, this is not the way that it's supposed to be. And it stinks that it's this way. It's, it's not supposed to happen like this. And we, we cry out to God and we tell him, I'm hurting because of this. It feels like we're not in a good spot in our relationship because of this. That is what it is. The next thing, uh, the next element in, in thinking about lament is asking. And in the midst of this, to ask God for help, even when we don't feel like it. That we would ask God for help even when we don't feel like it. I mentioned earlier a season of life that our family went through when we were dealing with some, some disappointments, some struggles, that, that, and, and God seemed to be moving us in, in a different tra- direction with ministry and, and all of that. And I grew up in a pastor's home. I went to Bible college. I've wanted to be a pastor really kind of for most of my life. And I've always had kind of big ideas and big dreams and things that I wanted to do. And talking to God and getting excited about that, talking about it with others and and all of those types of things. And yet when we went through this very hard time and and difficulty where where things weren't working out and when people seemed to be abandoning us and felt distant from God and, and all of these things, it was very hard for me to do what I love to do and that is to talk about what God might be able to do. Uh, in and and through churches and and church planning and getting new things started and and all of those types of things and it was hard to do this and in fact if I'm honest I I really didn't do it all that much for a season because I I wasn't living out this idea of lamenting but when we continue to ask God big faith requests to help fix the brokenness of our life, even when it seems impossible to do. Uh, it turns and was one of the major things that, that makes this different from the blues. We're not just unloading our emotional baggage and just getting it out in the air and walking away. No, we can do that. We can complain, but then we're also saying, God, help fix this. You can fix this in a way that no one else can. Let's see how the psalmist does this. He says in verse 1 of chapter 43, Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. The psalmist has just said before this in, in Psalm 42, you know, 
like your waves are crashing over me. I, I'm getting all churned up. You're doing this. And yet he comes and he says, vindicate me. You're the one that can fix this. You're the one that, that can take care of these problems that are coming against me because of these ungodly people and these unjust people that are evidently uh, falsely accusing them. Or we don't know exactly the, the, the circumstances that's going on here. But, but he's looking to God in the midst of this. Later on, it says, send out, verse 3, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. And, and, it, and it's saying here that, <clears throat> that looking to God to, to enter into the circumstances, to, to provide direction, to provide the way for him to enter back into the, the life of worship and the way that things were, were uh, designed to be. To send out his light. And this is just following the idea of, of have you forgotten me, God? And so the, the unique thing about lament is that it, it asks God big requests even when we don't feel like it. And this idea of asking God in faith, these big requests to fix the circumstances of our life, even when we don't feel like it, increases and builds our faith. And the reality is that we need to learn and we need to choose and make the deliberate action to, to act and to ask, to pray, to talk to God, and, and that based on who He is, rather than on our feelings. And really, when we're experiencing heartache and pain and difficulty, our feelings are not the best thing to base how we should be living and acting on. But God's character is always the right thing to do to base our, our actions on. The last element of lament is this idea of trust, that we believe that God will do what is right. And not that we just do it once, but that we keep believing what God will do, what is, what is right. That even if it, it doesn't seem to happen in the timetable that we think it should, we're going to keep believing. And the reality is, is that there, there aren't really quick fixes when it comes to, to, to pain. Occasionally, we're blessed and God provides something like that. But oftentimes, when we're going through real and significant heartache and difficulty, it doesn't just get fixed overnight. And we need to keep turning and complaining, asking, and then we need to keep trusting in God that he will fix what's wrong and that he will do what's right. Let's take a look at, uh, at this psalm and see, see how he does it uh, in Psalm 42 in verse 3. <clears throat> it says, These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God, with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. And what the psalmist does in the first kind of aspect of trusting God is remembering what God has done in the past and the goodness that, that he's allowed us to experience. 
the psalmist is looking back and saying, I remember those great times when I went up in the festivals of ancient Israel in worship and, and, and participated in these great celebrations of who God is, and, and you allowed me to do that. And we, as, as, as individuals today, can look back on all of the biblical history and, and look at, at God's great faithfulness over the years towards people and remind ourselves, oh yeah, even when things were bad, God provided. In the Old Testament, Israel was enslaved in Egypt for 400 years, and yet God delivered them. It took longer than probably any of those individuals in there wanted, but that God provides. And we want to keep trusting that even if it has to happen when Jesus comes back or at the end of our lives and we enter into glory with him, he will fix things. He will make things right. And, and the next part in verse 8 of chapter 42 that he talks about, he says, By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. And he, the psalmist remembers and reminds himself of God's character. We've already talked about that a little bit, but, but this idea that, that one of the reasons that we can trust and keep trusting and remind ourselves and force us to trust God every day is because of his character that's shown in the pages of scripture, that he is loving, that he is merciful, that he is good, and he will work things out. And then we project into the future. Verse 4 of, of chapter 43, Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with a lyre, O God, my God. And the psalmist looks ahead to, to what's coming, and he says, Okay, I got to do this in the past. I know that your, your steadfast love continues today, and I'm going to look ahead to the, the day when I will once again be able to worship God with others and, and participate in the, the life of worship of Old Testament Israel. And, and he kept trusting. And the idea is that, that the, the brokenness of our world, when it seemingly destroys us, that there's no quick fixes, but we need to keep trusting. We need to keep trusting every day to keep coming back to God and to say, okay, Today may not be the day, yesterday wasn't the day, but I'm going to keep believing that you will fix this. As we think about this structure and, and how this lays out and the four elements that, that are here of, of turning to God, of complaining, of asking and trusting, how does this match up with your experience how does this match up with, with how you process pain and heartache and difficulty? We can probably complain, and maybe not in the, the, the best way, but, but gripe and, and do that very well. But the rest of it may seem a little foreign. Maybe you need to learn more about it. Maybe as we've gone through this, you're, you're intrigued, and, but you're realizing, I'm not sure that I've ever turned to God in any sort of way. And, and, and maybe you've, you've tried in the past to, to adopt these things, and you've got some favorite psalms or phrases from the psalms that you like to go to when you're experiencing difficulty, but you say, I need to, 
to learn more of this language of lament. And so as we think about it, and I would encourage you to take one of these three next steps uh, in response to what we've heard today. And the first is, if you happen to be going through and listening to this and have realized that you have never turned to God in a significant way, that you would turn to God in belief today. The Bible says that, that we must believe in His Son, Jesus, to have a relationship with God. And what that means is that, that we believe that, that we're sinners, that we're in trouble with God, that, that we're deserving of His internal punishment. The Bible describes that place as a not fun place called hell. And yet, God sent His Son, Jesus, to this world. He lived a perfect life, and yet He died in my place and in the place of anyone who believes he paid the penalty for the sin that that was committed so that we didn't have to face God's judgment. And then after he was buried, he rose from the grave to prove that he had paid the penalty, that forgiveness is available, and that we can have life with God forever. And you can simply pray that prayer and, and, and say, yes, God, I believe I'm a sinner. Jesus came and died for my sins. And that he rose again to give me forgiveness of life, uh, forgiveness for my sins and life forever with you. And I'm trusting in that alone for my salvation, for my rescue from you. And if you've prayed that simple prayer, you are one of God's children and you have turned to him in belief. If you'd like to investigate this more or, or think about it more, you can always visit our website, branchlife.church, and there's a tab at the top on every page that says the gospel. And you can visit that, you can read and learn more about this, see a, a brief video, and then if you have prayed that prayer, we'd love to hear about, hear about it and hear how God has worked in your life. Uh, maybe if you've already done that, you need to, to start adopting the practice of praying or maybe even singing these lament psalms of, of using the words from Scripture, of going through them and, and echoing them back to God and praying them. Uh, if you want to kind of go old school and, and that, there's a thing that, that you can find. It's called a psalter. And many of the, all of the psalms have been set to kind of music and, and tunes. And you can go through, you can find that and, and sing them. Uh, there's a few uh, kind of modern versions of that, and, and that I mentioned earlier, these aren't quite as popular in this day and age. Maybe they'll become more popular, but uh, uh, you can sing through those, those types of ideas. But you can definitely read and pray through them, and maybe you need to do that as you continue to think about how you can meditate on God's law. And then the last next step that I would encourage you to take is maybe you need to spend some time learning the language of lament. And I've developed a, 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 a quick training series that, that's available online, and you can take a look at it. If you go to branchlife.church slash lament, you can sign up and you'll receive access to these materials and, and to go through them and get some practice putting things into your own words of this idea of turning, complaining, asking, and trusting God. 
in just a moment, I'm going to pray, but we are so glad that you're continuing along with us in our, our summer playlist series. And we invite you to come back next week as we continue to work our way through it. Or, or if you're watching this after the fact, just keep watching in the series here. But, but we're glad that you're walking through our summer playlist in Psalms together. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you give us a way to process pain and grief and heartache and difficulty in a way that not only allows us to voice that pain and heartache, but then helps us to process it and move in faith towards you. God, help us to to take that brave step to even turn and start talking to you when we're facing difficulty. Help us to keep asking big requests for you to fix the circumstances of our life and, 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 and look in faith and then help us to keep trusting day by day, even when that pain and that heartache doesn't seem to go away and that we would keep our feet pointed towards you and that you would be providing that lamp and that light each day for our next steps. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day.